hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk It's Strictly Munkin, the only podcast where if we were an NFL prospect and a team was needed to fill the hole of Funkin and didn't need to fill the hole of Munkin, we would be picked number one. I'm your coach, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Man, it was a, a long break that we had, but uh, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good as well, um, but at, it's it felt like a long break, but as the Bare Naked Ladies once said, it's been one week um so yeah yeah thank you for that um yeah by the way that was a topical joke guys the nfl draft as we're doing this um also right. so, no, just thing i need to call out immediately i don't know if they're still gonna be doing it but the restaurant across the street from me just reopened like at like mo- ma- not full but i think like 75 percent capacity and i didn't know this until last weekend that on uh thursday nights friday nights saturday nights they have like a three-piece brass or like uh you know saxophones and stuff like that out there so that's a lot of fun so you might hear that if you're some smooth jazz, um, that's why. Yeah, you're not going to hear that anywhere near me, so. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, that's just thing about being, that's New York, baby. People living on top of each other. Um, Fuck New York. Just kidding. I love New York. I mean, yeah. By the way, I'm going to be back in August, bitch. Nice, Still nice, nice. Out. Yeah, we got to. I won't be in, back in Florida when we do that. Anyway, we're mm-hmm. here to talk about Mr. Monk and the Wrong Man. Uh, this is an episode I had probably only seen once or twice. This is, of all the episodes we've done this far, this one I was least familiar with. Um, I remembered the wedding bits and stuff, because it was obviously, I mean, how could you forget? But, uh, yeah, what did you think about this episode? Uh, I think it's among the top three worst ones I've seen, probably. Yeah, it's not good. It's yeah, not it good for, the thing is, it's, most of my episodes that aren't good aren't good for one specific reason. There, I think, are two specific reasons why this episode doesn't work. Um, I think that, I'll say it because I think that, um, I be- I'm willing to believe that Monk is going to go this crazy to make this guy, uh, like, better. But I just don't believe that Natalie wouldn't stop him at some point. And I think, the v- specifically with his ex-wife, we'll get to it, but I can't think of anything worse than promising to track down an estranged ex-wife of a guy who was in prison for 14 years. Probably not safe. But anyway, we'll get to all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, because the thing is, it's like, it's not as if this guy was just a normal guy who got caught up for murder. Like, this guy was, like, a piece of shit before, so, yeah. I mean... Whatever. Exactly. He was, I mean, I hate to use this language. He wasn't a Boy Scout, though. Actually, he might have been a Boy Scout, you know. I actually don't think that being a Boy Scout has anything to do with whether or not you're a criminal or not. Um, yeah. You know. Um, anyway. Uh, we start off with a shot of a house. A very nice house. Um, and we hear some screaming. And someone across the street, which isn't actually clear, um, it's kind of weirdly staged, but mm-hmm. runs over, and she sees, while she's running over, she sees a man walking away from the house, and she enters the house. Valerie! Valerie! John! And, uh, where are Valerie and John? Um, they are dead. Um, John seems to have been tied up. Uh, to a chair or something, and he's he's not looking great. And Valerie, uh, I guess, was trying to escape. Unclear how she died, but uh, yeah, she's like on the floor, like outside. Yes, backyard. less than ideal. Lots of blood. Um, and we see that there's a safe that was like busted open. Um, and the woman in question, who's ran over in the neighbors, uh, runs out shouting for the police. And then we get a fade to black. And do we go to the theme song? No. We get 14 years later. How did you feel about that? Did, were you surprised? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, also, mostly because it didn't, like, 
they should have made it look a little They more definitely Yeah, the production ago. design did not kind of drop the ball on that one. Yeah. Um so we're at a parole hearing and Monk is uh testifying at the parole of a man named uh, Max Barton. Um and cuz Monk apparently was the guy who put him in put him behind bars. Uh and so Monk describes he he makes his statement basically. Yeah, he makes he makes a statement and yeah, basically, um, wait, what what is it like that he's that he's he been he tortured. had he's been tortured by he can't forget it. It was a gruesome what happened. He should never get out of prison, etc., etc., etc. Right, the wife would try to crawl away, whatever, mm-hmm. and he concludes in the end that Monk should have never she he should never be considered for release. Yes, um, and as this is going, and she, he also points this woman Kim, I think, uh, I don't remember, I didn't write it down. Who was the eyewitness? Um, who saw everything too? But as this is going on, someone comes in to the room and gives a document to Max and his counsel, and they decide that they're withdrawing their application because uh, a little Hail Mary came through from the Innocence League. Yeah, um, not the Justice League, unfortunately. Um, that would have been. I mean, little... it's cl- it's supposed to be the Innocence Project, but I assume that they didn't give the clearance for that. Oh, is that a thing? The Innocence Project is a is a, a program that does exactly this stuff, and it kind of sucks that they're kind of maligned in this episode because he was guilty. Because the Innocence Project does unbelievable work, as you might imagine. That's actually not a problem with the episode itself, but a problem I have uh, morally with this episode is that like I don't like the idea that like like ninety like. DNA getting people off is one of the best things that's happened to the criminal justice system. Like, it's almost, so the idea that it's like, nope, the DNA got him off, but he actually is still guilty. Like, obviously I understand that the show has to end with someone being guilty, and just because it happens in this one episode doesn't mean it's representative of the entire justice system. But it is kind of like, this is a horrible representation of what DNA evidence can do. Yeah. Um, so, exactly. Um, because of this DNA evidence that has been... I guess retested or something. Um, it wasn't tested in the first place, I guess, which is weird because it was or it wasn't years tested. Ago, yeah, but... that's interesting. Um, but yeah, basically, he's due to be released next week. Um, mm-hmm. To which Monk, you know, is properly like flabbergasted, and uh, you know, he's not used to making mistakes, or at least not used to hearing about his mistakes, mm-hmm. like in the court of law. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it looks like for the first time, um, well, not for the first time, it might have happened before, but it looks like Monk had the wrong man. Mm-hmm. He's got the wrong guy. Yep, you got the, uh, yeah, man, you got the wrong guy. I don't know who that was an impersonation of, but I felt it. Anyway, we go to the theme song. Then we get to a news report about how uh, Max Barton's going to get released. And we see a guy named Polly. Who you know, Polly? If you, this guy just sweats like X-Con. You know what I mean? That energy? Yeah, he does. I mean, I just, uh, you know, uh, it's very strange to know a Polly that's Hispanic. Or uh, I guess maybe his dad was Hispanic. Maybe like, his mom was Italian. Oh, because his uh, name's Flores? Yeah, he's Polly played Flores. by. I recognize the actor. He's played by John Kapolos, I think it's pronounced. Who's I think obviously Greek, Greek. I imagine. Um, yeah. But uh, he is the janitor in the Breakfast Club. Is where I recognize him from. Um, and he obviously. Oh, I, haven't, away, I haven't. I haven't seen that movie. Obviously, I. I watched it for the first time like two years ago. Of I. Of most. Of the Didn't classic, we talk about this in the last yeah, episode? Yeah, I don't like it that much. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We did. We did. Anyway. Uh, and he says to himself, "Max, you son of a bitch." So you know that they're they got some history. Um, and so we get to Stahlmeier, who is preparing for a news conference on this, his, on Max's release, because obviously it's a big deal. Yeah. 
And uh, and I guess Disher's kind of doing his uh, his they're like role playing, right? So he's yeah. trying to play the reporters, asking questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's got like a real smug uh, mm-hmm. attitude about himself. Yeah. And Sotomayor's like, "Yo, what the f-? like basically what the fuck is your deal?" And basically, he just admits that he's enjoying the hell out of this because for the first time, this wasn't his bad. Uh, yes. This 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 gaffe occurred before he was even on the force. In a different context, he pulls out Shaggy's immortal line. It wasn't me. Um, right, I think but he just like it's just like such a weird like such a yeah, weird this thing is, to this is just a dumb arc. I think that I get what they're going for, but it's like I think this the it wasn't me is a joke that is turned into his episode arc. You know what I mean? That's a one-off joke. You don't need to, that doesn't need to be his whole character arc for the episode. Right. Like I even enjoyed the hell out of the soda thing like way more than I enjoyed this. Yeah. Well, it's cuz this has nowhere to go. Like it's just him just repeating it over and over again and I I get that Randy's immature, but he's not that immature that he'd be, you know, like and, and also I think too is that Randy's immature, but like I never get this sense that he's like not empathetic. So I would feel like he might temp briefly feel that way. But the way that he's always shown is that he would be able to sympathize with Monk. Like he's not an asshole, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was really out of character, like, in a way, and um, I think this is one of the things I don't like the most, because it's, like you said, it doesn't just happen once, it happens multiple times in the episode, yeah. and it doesn't really do anything for us. And as we're going through the questions, you know, you learn that style, that the departments, they're, they confirm that the DNA is not Max's, and that uh, they can't comment on the upcoming lawsuit, but after Randy says there wasn't me thing... Stoudemire says something that I think should have put Randy's place. Like, you're saying this wasn't a traffic violation. A man was in prison for 14 years. Like, this this will just devastate Monk. Right. No, yeah, exactly. It's going to devastate Monk. Um, but, you know, after we hear about that, mm-hmm. uh, Dish is still happy about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not great. Yeah. Um, and so then we cut to Chucky Krogh. And mm-hmm. Monk is devastated, understandably. A lot of times Monk freaks out about stuff that's not worthwhile but if you learn that you put a man behind bars for 14 years and he didn't do it you should feel bad yeah no absolutely um you know but and it's we see it like he obviously wears like the scars of like having um of putting him in jail for whatever reason um luckily by the end of this episode he'll be fine but for now he's definitely down real bad and Mm -hmm. he's uh you know he's talking to chuck kroger and you know, Kroger's trying to, like, talk him out of it, you know, tell him that, you know, people make mistakes. Like, obviously, Monk doesn't, but, you know, people make mistakes, and this could make him, in the end, a better person, a yeah. better investigator. Like, and you know. Monk says something in it, which I think is just, like, it made me roll my eyes, is he says, I used to think the worst thing to do is let a killer go free. Now I know it's to, like, put some behind bars who is innocent. And it's like, you just realized that? That's the entire, like, I understand, I, I understand that that is actually, like, the whole problem with America's justice system, really. But, like, the way that our laws are written is so that is, that is the point. Like, that should be, that's the most universally, like, the reason why, like, half of the uh, Bill of Rights exists is because we all feel that way. Like, it, I, 100% is worse to put an innocent man behind bars than it is to let a guilty man go free. Because most people who murder someone don't murder a second person. For one, let me just say that. Obviously, people who murder people should go, by, go to jail, but... I don't know. I think it's just, it was really stupid that Monk had never considered that before. I mean, I get it, but, like, they play that as if, like, oh, you see, you understand, and it's like, no, that's, like, the whole problem with policing in this country. Uh, anyway. Right. Um, yeah. So, but, like, you know, after they have this whole conversation, um, you know, Monk kind of, like, suggests that he might want to, or it sounds like he might want to uh, meet Max, like, mm-hmm. upon exiting prison, yeah. you know, 
go up there and say what he needs to say, apologize or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but that's not exactly what he had in mind. Yes, he, uh, he wanted uh, Chuck to give the letter to him. Yeah, he volunteers him to first do it, and you know Chuck tells him basically that that's not his job, and like he should do it. And Monk mentions he might know someone else that could do it, mm-hmm. and Charles and Ms. and Kroger reminds him like, no, you can't get Nally to do this. This is something that you need to do if you're trying to like, you know, get over it. Now, I would if I was Kroger, I would just say he shouldn't do anything at all because like I don't think that Max wants to see him, and Max doesn't want to see him. Yes. Um, Max doesn't want to see him And then that's fair Like I mean From what we know now You know he doesn't want to see him But no but even if he was actually innocent Would you want to see the cop that put you behind bars? No absolutely not um, No of course not But and, and, and ironically Max We'll get to it but Max hits exactly on the head while you don't Later but anyway We cut to Barton being released yeah, he's getting released, um, and you know he's going through that whole section where you basically pick up all the stuff that you went to jail with. Like mm-hmm. uh, I forgot what he had. His wallet, he's a wallet, um, cigarettes, a belt. and a belt. Which yeah, bad news for him though. He lost some weight in prison, so the belt doesn't fit anymore. Right, but you know what? Um, you could always poke some holes in it, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, be be on your way again. Yeah, I've never had to do that, but that's also because you know, uh, I've never lost. I've never lost that much weight. Um, always fluctuated between like 10 pounds the same 10 pounds my entire adult life thus far um anyway uh so would you believe that i'm at the top end of those 10 pounds now because quarantine anyway um so monk approaches him and is like hey it's me you look great let me just say I, this is I, I know we should we've agreed that we don't make fun of people's appearance anymore but he doesn't look great he looks terrible yeah, I mean, I okay. To be fair, like at the beginning of the episode, I didn't see like where the part where we see him leave, but I'm assuming it's just like some whatever shot of it. Yeah, um, you barely. So see I don't it. know how I don't know how much worse or better he looks than he did 14 years ago. No, oh, I'm not saying he looks back as he was in prison. I'm saying he's just not a good looking guy. I, I mean, I know, I know. I honestly, I hate the fact that we kind of agreed as a society that we don't call people ugly anymore. But and I'm also not exactly looking myself. But you know, he's he's not a good looking guy. But he wants he wanted to say sorry and. Um, he Barton doesn't want to hear him, and so he's chasing him outside, kind of, and he meets up with Natalie, and he tries to give him a gift. And what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the gift box? Well, Max is only interested if, for whatever reason, the 14 years of his life that he lost in prison are in there. But mm-hmm. Monk, you know, just tells him, like, nah, it's not quite that. It's just a bunch of caramels and uh, possibly a chocolate pretzel? Is that yes. what it is? Yeah. The thing I don't understand with Max here is, I understand that you don't give a shit about Monk, but... Just take the box, man. Caramels and chocolate pretzels is great. Yeah, you've been eating a bunch of shit in prison. Like, uh, I would think that you would want that now. Yeah, man. Shouts to caramels. Um, no shouts to people who call them caramels. Like, I never understood that that was, like, a thing. Like, there are some words that people pronounce differently, but saying caramel, you're just skipping over an A. You're not pronouncing it differently. You're pronouncing it wrong. Anyway. Wait, we've done this before. You say caramel, right? No, I say caramel. Because there's an A in okay. it. There's okay, two, yes. Two A's, Yeah. <laughs> How do you say Washington? Washington. Okay. I don't do. I don't. Have you noticed? Okay. Okay. Do you yeah. have any weird pronunciations? Um, I have a couple. I mean, because in being from originally from New York, like I have a couple that I grew out of in Florida. Like for example, one that I always did and now I don't, where my mom still does it, is uh, a thing that you look in to show your reflection. My mom would call Amira. Um. Amira. Uh, yeah, Amira. Uh, but I and I used to just say draw instead of drawer. Um, uh. the weird one, probably, I still say, uh, crayon as opposed to crayon. 
That one's a little weird. Cran? Cran. Yeah, that's just, that's a New York thing. And I, like I said, I, I got rid of most of my New York stuff. I, I have a very like generic accent because when I moved to Florida, I got rid of most of my New York accent things. But I didn't move to a super southern area of Florida. And also I was too old really to pick up a new accent. So I kind of just like smoothed out the New York parts of my accent, you know? I did like the dialect. It once said the dialect map and I got like evil, equal parts Florida and New York. But I really don't say anything that weird. I wonder if I have any sort of accent. You should do that. There's Google after this done dialect map quiz. It's like a thing where basically you get like 60 questions where they ask you how you pronounce words and what you call certain things. And it maps out where your accent's from. It's scarily accurate. Anyway, I recommend everyone do that. Um, but Monk is like, you know, I'm sorry, Max, but look at all the evidence. Your finger was on the doorknob. There was an eyewitness. But speaking of fingers. Um, oh, okay, sorry. Um, so, no, there was an eyewitness. There was a few more things. There was an upholsterer's knob. Sorry, right? Right, right. yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he had a criminal record. There was a fingerprint on the doorknob, and the eyewitness, the lady that we saw, I forgot what her name is, I think it was Nancy something. <clears throat> but yeah, they also mentioned that the fact that the killer was left-handed, unfortunately for Monk, mm-hmm. uh, he's no longer left-handed as a result of getting his, like, shit stomped on or something. Yeah, he's I have missing no a finger uh, on his Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. he got his yeah, shit stomped on. And but Monk's like, where are you going to go? Is your wife picking you up? Uh, and that hits a nerve. Yeah, uh, turns out nine years ago apparently was the last time that she saw him, mm-hmm. and five years ago was when she filed for divorce. Yeah, so. probably a good move. If my husband committed a double murder, you know, not really, uh, not really something I'm still want to stick around for. And but yep. Max does tell Monk what he can do to help him. Do you, do you remember what he says? Uh, yeah, he tells him he can go crawl into a corner and die. Yep. Um, and for most people, that would be the end of it. And to be frank, I think the problem with this episode is that that's not the end of it. Because Monk keeps trying to help him, and the... I think... I honestly don't know what went wrong with writing this episode, because... What they're trying to do only works if you're on Monk's side for this. But the audience is absolutely not on Monk's side for this, you know? Like, and so you're just kind of just watching Monk... It's one thing if you watch Monk in a scene, like at a crime scene, do something you don't want him to do for 30 seconds. But the entire, his entire plot for this episode is him doing stuff you don't want him to do. And I think that that's why it's so not good. That's definitely a part of it. Um, I'll say this. Yeah, like that, that's not good. But I kind of do respect the fact that he like is trying to do, he's trying to do right by him. You know, I understand. Like, that's not something he normally does, but yeah. Like um, yes and no, because I think that we'll, in the next scene where we meet with Max, I think that Max pegs Monk perfectly. But um, we caught yes, to Monk's apartment, true. and Monk's like, "I have to true. do something," um, and then I think he doesn't want your help, um, and uh, so they go. They meet him up. They meet him again, though. Yeah, they meet him again. Uh, they roll up to um, not the best looking place. No. Uh, apparently, that's where his halfway house um, like uh, arrangement is. Yeah, he has right? an apartment so in the basement. Yeah, he's in the front yard. He's lifting weights, some some real prison yard shit, mm-hmm. and um, he's got a bunch of sick prison tattoos, bro. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll be. And I think this is my favorite part of the episode, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go over like a quick overview of all of his tattoos that he has, and uh, so he's got um, he's got a tattoo of the district attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a tattoo of Monk's face, and then he's got a tattoo of like a knife. And whenever he flexes his muscle, it's basically a knife mm-hmm. getting jammed right into Monk's forehead. Which yeah, 
It's great funny. visual. Yeah. Great visual gag. Um, and Monk basically not taking that as a no for an answer. So he then offers, he's like, we just got groceries. You know, you want to come by, you know, eat something. And he's like, you want to make me a sandwich, Monk? Um, and what Max says, and once again, I think that Max is right here. And this is why I'm not sympathetic for Monk here. Max is like, you're not here to help me. You're here because you want me to forgive you. And you want absolution and this off your conscience. Maybe I'm just cynical about stuff like that because, like, I just... I'm actually very uncynical about most things, but when it comes to, like, forgiveness, forgiveness is almost exclusively for the person who wants to be forgiven. Like, it's not... And so I, I don't act... I think Monk is sad that he fucked this up for Max, but I think that if Monk actually cared about Max, he would listen to him. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I don't believe that Monk actually just cares, because if someone says no, 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 when you want to give them help, if you actually care, you don't give them help. Right. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, like, I mean, people can change, sure. Mm -hmm. But judging from what we've seen so far, I wouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt in this one. No. Even if he was a good guy going into prison, he's not a good guy now. Sorry. It sucks. You know, but it is what it is. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Max tells him if he's looking for absolution, go see a priest. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's pretty much it for this. And it was just strange because when I was looking for Absolution, when I was buying all the Muses albums, I just went to uh, FYE. Just went to an FYE in the mall, baby. Um, true Tower story. Records, Virgin uh, Records. Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously you go to Virgin Records, but um, um, that's a dumb joke. I, honestly, yeah, it's the worst thing about every Virgin, like Virgin Airlines, Virgin Mobile, um, the Virgin Islands. Um, you always make the same exact joke. Uh, virgin pina colada. No, that doesn't work actually. But I do love the virgin penis colada. Virgin penis colada. Wow. No, that's new ground. You just broken comedy. No one's ever said that before. You're welcome. Um, and I do. Lo- My favorite bit is actually is probably what happens now, where Monk is in his apartment and he's like wincing. And why is he wincing? Um. Why is that again? Oh, because he. Oh, yeah, yeah. He feels like some sort of voodoo action going on. He feels like he can feel the knife getting stabbed through his forehead, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, I, just, I, I love whenever Monk says he can feel so, like when he's like, I can taste the like. When you know what he does that where he like is like crazy, like I can feel the knife going in. And of course, Natalie is doing something horrible in Monk's eyes. He's e- she's eating the sandwich that they made for uh, Max. Yeah, my only question is, what kind of sandwich do you think it was? Do you think it was like a tuna? I don't know. What, what do you think it was? I thought it was like a tuna sandwich. I'm not kinda... sure. It had, I could just see it had lettuce on it. Um, okay. it, did, it lo- I saw it was on like white bread with the crust cut off, which tracks for Monk. Um, right. And so, yeah. So, like, they, they she's eating the sandwich and, you know, Monk's like, no, like, you're eating his sandwich. And if he shows up right now, like, he's going to be very pissed off about it. Um, obviously, we know he's not going to show up no. uh, to see Monk at all. Um and then he mentions that he also mentions like, oh, he should definitely forgive me because we also got chips. What yeah, that was earlier. Stuff? I apologize, I forgot to mention. Oh, that. okay, okay. Um, gotcha. But Monk is like, yeah, you know, you should go talk to him because he likes you. Um, yeah, yeah, he likes you, and um, and you know, he tries, he throws it out there. He's like, hey, listen, if you want to do me a solid, I think you should go on a date with Max. And she's like, no, like, I would never do that. Why would I do that? And then he suggests maybe, you know what, like, maybe just make out with him a little bit. And, you know, Natalie's throwing, uh, like, I'm not, he's not my type. Well, no, first she says, first she says, okay, really? No! I do like when people say monk like that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so she's basically, you know, horrified by the idea. And Monk right, points out that she had previously made out with a leper, so she really yes. shouldn't have that. Yeah. Because she know, says she's choosing with, with who she makes out with. Um, right, right. Which I don't know if I can say that for sure, but in comparison to the last nurse. Um, it, it did it did make me think about all the guys that she's made out with on the show. And I can only remember the, the leper guy. Yeah, once again, definitely Ashton better track. No, what? not Ashton. No, not the Ashton, that wasn't, that wasn't, uh, that he wasn't was married. a magic interest, yeah. Uh, I mean, he was a philanderer, but not with Natalie. Um, anyway, Natalie's like, why don't you make out with him? Um, and he says no, but then he starts, he winces again. He, he, he's like, Max must be working out again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Natalie gets a phone call, and it's the captain, and apparently uh, your good old friend, Max, uh, we're on the we're trouble. actually in, we're in cell block forty together. Yeah, he's in uh, he's in trouble again, and you know, Monk sees this as an opportunity to maybe you know clear things up, help him out, do him a solid, and maybe he'll be back in his good graces. Mm-hmm. So they show up to a street, and there's two uniformed cops, and apparently Max is inside of the building, and he's going crazy, and Monk and Natalie enter. And it turns out it's a hair salon, and is he there because he wants a haircut? No, he's there because apparently that was uh, his ex-wife Sherry's last place of employment. Um, so, you know, he's there asking some questions. Where is she? Uh, honestly, mostly just the one question. He's not asking questions. He's just asking the one. <laughs> right. Just, yeah, just that. Um, and accusing them of lying about shit and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, eventually, like you said, Monk and Nellie are in there. And um, they the, the girls that are there that are working there mentioned that she hasn't worked there for four years. Mm-hmm. She quit. Um, and they haven't heard from her except for a, bi- a Christmas card that she sent one year, um, which is a really weird fucking Christmas card considering like yeah, what it just looks like a it. photo. Yeah, it's just like a photo of someone in a hotel room, and like yeah. obviously, yeah, Monk takes a photo and he gives us like the breakdown. Yep, he uh, deduces that because of some of the text that's in the background that she was in some sort of Dutch. Uh, no, I, I, okay, I, this is this is I've, I've set a fucking problem with this. That okay. it's in a resort because there's sand on the. The bed or whatever and she's in like a robe but that this writing is apparently in dutch so she must be in saint martin saint martin is not the only tropical caribbean place that speaks dutch why do you know she's not fucking in curse or aruba aruba yeah. a famously a place that people go vacation if you told me what's a vacation spot where people speak dutch saint martin would a hundred percent not be the first place i went i just I, that age didn't get why not aruba yeah, I don't know. He clearly hasn't been listening to Kokomo. I mean, oh, honestly, you know that I have the most fucked up brain because this is not good at all, and this is genuine. Uh, you know, I say sometimes like, oh, this oh, is, is this me. gonna be? Is this gonna be the chick that got murdered? Yes, in I was gonna say my mind immediately goes to Natalie Holloway immediately. Right, uh, Jor Jor uh, Vandersloot, right? Yes. Jordan yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a great guy. Uh, but you were good friends with him actually before that happened. Oh uh, come on! I, I, sorry, it's not. It's not as funny when you do it with a real person. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's not. Um, um, but but, yeah. but also okay. Yeah. He he also gets uh, he he finds another like uh, interesting detail that is gonna send Max uh, over the edge. Basically, mm-hmm. that there must be a man with him because uh, in the same picture, there's a t- the toilet seat is up. Is that what it is? There's two plates and the toilet seat is up. Um, which that's just rude. Like, I live in an apartment that also there's where some, multiple of my roommates are women. I have never once left the toilet seat up. That, like, what the hell's wrong with you? Were you raised by wolves? 
Yeah, I don't understand that either. Honestly, like I, I don't know. I was also raised in a household full of women, and I don't know if that has anything to do with no, it. No, I mean, although that does remind me of the my what, my favorite scene in a com one of my favorite scenes in a comedy in the two thousand tens. Where I don't know if you remember the film. This is the end. Where Danny McBride is says, "I was raised in a house full of women." When explaining how he doesn't know how to jerk off properly, great stuff. Oh um, right, yeah, yeah. That movie's super overlooked. I think the movie's great, but anyway, continue. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that movie since the first time I saw it. Anyways. Um, so, you know, judging from this information, we can see that Max is kind of losing it. And, uh, you know, he's, he, he can't live without his ex-wife, even though it's been nine years, whatever. So Max, uh, Mac, Monk's, Monk is going to make it a point to find her and try to make things right. Yes, um, which is just like super fucked up. If a man is threatening people in order to find a woman, you don't say, I'm going to go find her. Because that man does not have good intentions. Like, that is, like, the most... I was just, like, I was legit... Because I, I didn't right. remember this episode that much. I was legitimately shocked. I'm like, did did domestic, did people not know about domestic violence until, like, last year? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's so horrible what Monk <laughs> offers to do. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge problem. Um, absolutely. But, so, anyway. Now, on top of that... Well, part of his whole strategy for this whole thing, um, in order to make, uh, you know, play matchmaker again, he basically needs to find out who actually murdered these people, right? Yes. That's well, it's, and that's independent, do. but he is also going to do that. And you can just tell by Max's tone that he's not too enthusiastic about Monk reinvestigating the case. Right, but like, what better way to prove to his ex-wife that he's not a bad guy by that is true showing that it was someone else? It's like when OJ said he was going to dedicate his life to finding the real killers. Um, yeah, exactly. I think like I, that. I, that was a running joke that me and my older brother would do all the time. Where I don't even know. I can't even explain what the joke was. We would just try to f- shoehorn into the sentence. Like, it would almost be like, yeah, and OJ is trying to find the real killers. <laughs> um, if anyway, I did it. If, if he wasn't a double murderer and a horrible human being, that. I mean, it's, it's inc- that's still incredibly funny. It would be the funniest thing of all time if it wasn't so terrible. Um, yes. If I did it. Wow, what a fucking boon. Anyway. Um, yeah, what a piece of shit. No, by Boone, I mean he made a lot of money from it. Um, I mean, I bet he did. Even though now he's actually, I think, really poor because he moved, the reason he lives in Florida now, and this is a little trivia for you guys, he moved to Florida after he got out of prison because, you know, obviously the Goldman family uh, sued him and won in civil court for murdering Ron Goldman, the other right. person who was murdered. Um, and he owes them millions and millions of dollars. And he doesn't have that money. But he moved to Florida because Florida is one of the few states where you you – the bank can't seize your house in order to pay for a settlement. So, so because if he still lives in California, they would be able to seize his house and liquidate it in order to pay the Goldmans. But in Florida, so they Florida, can't you do can't that. do that. You can't do that. Yeah. So that, that's why a lot of people who are like huge debts and stuff like that move to Florida. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what we learned now is that um, Natalie. Uh, we go to the. We go back to the old house, the old crime scene, and you learn that Natalie's dad gave uh, Max a job. Working on the docks. So him and Tommy are working the docks. Sorry. Um. Yeah, and hopefully he's cleaning up his act, you know, with mm-hmm. some toothpaste deliveries. Mm-hmm. And um, while they're, you know, while they're showing up to the original crime scene, Disher's, like, trying to be, like, weirdly sympathetic to Monk. Almost, like, just to prove, like, again, that he made a mistake and he didn't do it, which... He's being, flex, like, he's being facetious is what he's being. Right, exactly. <clears throat> so then eventually they meet the new owners of the house and, um... Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I kind of thought that he was involved in some way. I thought this was going to be some crazy shit. I'll say this. Well, again, I wish these these people were involved so much. I hate these people so much. 
So, yeah. Um, and so, like, they're kind of going over what's going on. Um, you know, the, he, Monk starts callously just going over the details of the case, uh, mentioning that, like... Mm-hmm. And there's, like, kids around. Uh, but basically all the disgusting shit that happened, like, thumbs were removed... Um, there was blood here, this person was found here underneath the sandbox, like, all this crazy shit, and, um... And apparently the new family doesn't know what happened in this house. They just knew that there was, like, a robbery at the house. And when they ask what Monk's doing, uh, Stoudemire says he's, like, a detective, like, on TV, and the mother says, my least favorite word is the English language, besides racial slurs, but just below racial slurs, we don't let them watch television. Yes, I understand that there are things you should, parents should like monitor what their kids watch, but to blanketly not let your kids watch television is a recipe for making your kids fucking weird and antisocial. You know who sucked all through childhood? The kids who weren't allowed to watch TV. Were did you were you friends with the kids who weren't allowed to watch TV? Spoiler alert: you weren't. They didn't have friends. Yeah, you know, I don't. Ooh, I'm trying. I don't know, man. I went to Catholic school, and I don't even think that was anything that we ever did. It was just like, I. I the more shell, like I once again, I understand that you you your kids shouldn't be playing Grand Theft Auto at nine. I grant you that, but yes. it's also like there's a certain evolution where kids are you know, I I just fucking hate that so much. It just it feels so counterintuitive to making your kids curious and interesting and so like I just think that, um. So anyway, uh, so they're going th- through everything and the Mr. Gilberts and the owner of the house is kind of like. I mean, are you going to find anything? I mean, it was uh, 14 years ago. <clears throat> um, and it's their lucky day because they do find some evidence. Um, they find like a sliding door, like a wooden sliding door that, uh, you know, um, separates two of the rooms. And he slides it over and he sees that there's like scratch marks on that door. Um, seems to suggest that they had a, there was an animal there. There was a dog or something. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't recall there being a dog 14 years ago. Yeah. Um... And I think it's Disher or somebody that yeah, reveals Disher. the information. Yeah, Disher reveals that apparently the dog that was there 14 years ago uh, died the day before the murder mm-hmm. and apparently was buried in the backyard. Ah, Coinc- very interesting. What a coincidence. Yeah. So they got it. The- Stoudemire's like, let's dig him up because they could still test her poison with the bones and stuff like that. Um, and uh, then we cut And then to- Stoudemire, no, and then Stoudemire oh, asked okay. the kids if they want to help, uh, help, uh, help dig up the dog. I mean... Very Buffalo Bill of him. Yeah. Could you want to take up a dog? Let's see if there's a great big fat person. And so we cut to Max's... Uh, excuse me, Polly's house. Max is at Polly's house. And he's sitting on... He's doing this secret thing where he's sitting on the couch and Polly doesn't notice him for a second. And uh, obviously Polly's scared to see him. Yeah. Polly doesn't want a cracker. He definitely wants a biscuit uh, to protect himself. Yeah. He does. Yes. And he actually has one we see earlier, but he doesn't have it. I guess it's not on him. I don't know. Um, and yeah, we learned that the safe apparently was empty, which I believe that not at all. Right. Because, yeah, we find out that that couple that was there, they were like jewelers. So mm-hmm. why the fuck would you have a safe and have it empty? Like, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. So clearly, Polly's not on the level. And so, um, you know, they're going back and forth. And then Max... As Polly is looking in the fridge to get him an imported beer, um, Max takes off his belt and uh, he starts trying to strangle him. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know they get into a little bit of a scuffle about it, mm-hmm. um, but eventually he's successful. Uh, he gets the upper hand, and I guess that prison strength came flooding right to him right then and there. I mean, he's and, got a, he saw him doing those curls. 
Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, he eventually does choke him out with a belt, and uh, and so now we know for sure that I mean we had suspicions before, but now we know that he's like a piece of crap, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And so we cut to the station, and um, we learn that they got the toxicology back from the dog, and guess what? It was poison. Yeah, it was poison, and it was poisoned through uh, a drug called penzadrine. Uh, not a very super, not a common um, used in heart agent. operations. Yes, um, so that gets Stottlemyre to basically dictate to Disher, like, "Hey, like, you want to be looking into this drug? You want to like look at people 14 years ago who had access to the drug? Maybe people that had a day off on this particular mm-hmm. when these crimes occurred, whatever." Um, and Disher, like, you know, it was like an idiot and mentions, like, uh, this was not my case. Or it's not yeah. my case. Well, yeah, which is, like, I just don't get that at all. He's a cop and he's trying to solve him. Like, I don't know. This just felt, yeah. it felt way too petulant, uh, even for right. him. But anyway, we cut to, and then Stammer's like, what was it? And he's like, I said, your cousin has a face, which, whatever. Anyway, yeah. uh, Monk meets Max at the docks and Max is chilling out, not working. Yeah, he's uh, he's reading Archie or something. He's got his feet up, and uh, yeah, it's his first day, and he's a lazy prick. Um, and you know, Monk shows up to kind of like you know uh, get him into. I guess he had gotten a phone call from Natalie's father explaining that he was like not working, so he was trying to like light a fire under him. Uh, but basically, Max just asks him if he's taking care of all the stuff that he's agreed to take care of for him, including uh, his parking ticket. I guess some sort of loan application. Yeah. And Monk says he'll co-sign a loan, which, boy, Monk, I thank God that this doesn't go through because that's just a bad idea. Right. I mean, I, I have to. Th- I, I mean, I have to think that Monk would have impeccable credit. Yeah. Yes, because Monk wouldn't miss a credit payment because um, yeah. he's ha- required to. Um. Then the the bo- guy's boss, Max's boss, is like, "Hey, I want that power on that truck. I don't care who you know." And so, sure enough, Monk ends up doing his job for him. And mm-hmm. then uh, Natalie shows up with some news. Yeah, apparently she did a little bit of digging, and she found Max's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's still around. She's around in Oakland, and <clears throat> apparently she's been living in Oakland with her sister. Mm-hmm. And before Natalie can give the other piece of news she has, Monk wakes up uh, Max and tells him the news. But there's a little problem. Smash cut to a wedding. Yeah, apparently Sherry is uh, getting married to Justin, I think mm-hmm. is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, what what incredible luck that they uh, they basically get to the graduate this wedding scene. You know, it's it's classic cinema. Uh, Monk interrupts by knocking on the door. I don't understand why that glass door is locked. That feels kind of like a safety hazard. Um, I feel like it wasn't. I just feel like he wasn't even trying for the door handle. That's to be fair. Quite honest. Um, and so Monk interrupts and he says, I have to appreciate this. This is a rare moment for Monk reading the room, right? Where he says, first off, congrats, you look radiant. I mean, that is the right thing to say to a bride. Um, and then he goes on a speech about how um, he made a mistake and she made a mistake by, uh, by giving up Max. Yeah, you know, um, he made a mistake, and, uh, you know, if not for him, basically, they would still be together. Um, in the middle of all this, uh, he says hell in church, which uh, seems to get a rise out of people for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to um, point out something, since you mentioned church, and I know you went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. 
what is what's if this was a like a magazine picture for kids, what is wrong with this picture of this wedding going on? Unless something's uh, changed, if you're divorced, you can't get married in a Catholic church, as far as I remember. Um. Well, that but, would depend on whether they got married Catholic the first time. That's, I would guess. I, I actually, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I think probably there are probably some more liberal ones that'll let you. But I know that that's generally frowned upon. Am I wrong about that? Like that you can't. Well, get, no. I, I mean, yeah, definitely. But it's like it's. I think to the Catholic Church, it would only matter if it was Catholic wedding. Because like, how would they know? That is true. Um, but anyway, that uh, he, monks like, but you know how we survived that hell? You memories of you. Um, and then he does. I'm sure. Go. I'm sure that's exactly what got him through prison. Exactly. Yeah. Just uh, sorry. I'm thinking about my wife. I'll be in my bunk. Um, yeah. I'll be making uh, pr- uh, wine in my uh, toilet. That doesn't actually. That I get what you're going for. Prison wine. Toilet wine. Toilet wine is a thing. So like that doesn't actually work. <laughs> um, I, or he gets call- drunk and then and then. Like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Fucks his bed or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he says, "Don't lock him away again." And then Max comes running in. Um, and Monk calls him a good man, which, like, once again, he might not have murdered those people, but he is decidedly not a good man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he actually did murder those people. But yeah, so he takes off his shirt and basically and shows off his tattoo again, mm-hmm. getting a gasp, an audible gasp from the crowd. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he basically says like, "Hey, like, he got he like look at his chest, like it'll tell you everything you need to know." Is it the dragon? No, it's not the dragon. It's not monk. It's not the DA or a knife. It's actually like a picture of, I guess, Sherry uh, inside of a heart. And I guess it's broken or something like that. Yes. And there's the words, Sherry, my love, my life. Which is very nice. That's a nice sentiment. Yeah. No, it is a nice sentiment. I'm just, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, no, no, what are you just? No, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure he just got that to like say like to prove in prison that he was married although i guess it wouldn't matter no Doesn't... no one's gonna be like i was gonna make you my bitch but you're married like no one's doing that i don't know anything yeah, about yeah, prison, but um but this is actually this is a side note there's a i follow this <laughs> facebook account that doesn't really post anymore but it was called uh, facebook account yeah, yeah, yeah i'm still i don't use instagram so when I'm, I'm, i get i occasionally on facebook it was called youtube screenshots and what he would do a lot of screenshots of this account called uh, this YouTube account. It is just like basically screenshots of funny titles, and it would always be like prison talk. And it's this this account where it's like a big buff guy who answers questions about prison, but all the titles have like the words cheeks clapped. Like, will um, Jared Fogle get his cheeks clapped in prison? Prison talk ten eighteen. Like that's every single title. <laughs> do you think he has them? Um. He- no, he's probably in like a secure because with celebrities and stuff, they don't put him in Gen Pop. Um, or with ped- pedophiles? Yeah, they don't. Because even though he is a horrible person, like prison murder is still bad. So probably should prevent that. Anyway, for some reason, because Sherry is deranged, she falls for this. I, I don't know. There's another problem. I mean, she likes, she loved him at some that, point. So I guess it's not too. I guess so. But like, the fact she doesn't have to think about it is like, there's no. The, she, oh, Max. Well, it's also like Justin's doesn't. I guess it's just like I don't know. Maybe I think that I might just be v- biased against dudes who look like dirtbags. Because even though Justin looks like a simp, a simp in my in my like hierarchy of goodness is higher than dirtbag. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Um, but anyways, 
So, yeah, she basically forgives him. Um, and Justin's day has been fucking ruined. So, poor Justin. Yeah. Um, and so they leave the church, and that's when, okay, Sarah, Sarah. McNally. Yep, that's I, didn't the name the, I didn't have the name written down until here, too. And yes, she's correct. P I S S E D pissed. Yeah, she's very upset um, because she and Monk are very alike, where they have like near photographic mem- uh, memories. Mm-hmm. And she doubles down on the fact that she saw him at the crime scene. Like, it doesn't fucking matter like what this DNA evidence says. Mm-hmm. She saw him. Like, he's guilty. And you basically just helped a guilty guy, like, yeah, you know, and remarry. She, and and she yeah. remembers, she proves her memory by remembering not just Monk's partner's name at the time, Colkin, but his badge number and that the, uh, Max's hands were in his pockets. Which is very strange because they used an acetylene torch to open up the safe. But if his hands were in his pockets, who had the torch? Does that mean he had an accomplice? I can't believe they didn't think about it. Another hole in this episode. They didn't consider they had an accomplice 14 years ago? Like, whatever. Well, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm missing something. Why would it matter if he was. Because the torch would be way too big. That's like one of those big torches. You couldn't have it. If his hands were in his pockets, he couldn't have been holding it. So that means someone else had to have had it because it wasn't found at the scene, right? Oh, right. But that one guy was able to take it away? Well, no, because we don't know. Clearly, Polly wasn't there when the murders happened. Or if he was, then like he went out the back or something, but he didn't walk down the street at the same time. Okay, fine. So that Polly took it, but we don't know where Polly was. Um, okay, fine. And so they're like, okay, the DNA must be from the accomplice. His accomplice. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, like even if they did find the accomplice and... And everything worked out that they wanted to, they couldn't, they couldn't do anything about it because of double jeopardy. Like yes. he can't get charged again mm-hmm. for the same they, crime. I mean, it's a cr- pretty crazy they named that concept after a very mediocre two thousand Ashley Judd movie. But um, that movie was just fine. I watched it last year. I haven't seen it. The problem also with that movie, just if I give me a second, is that it's the idea is basically that Ashley Judd goes to jail for murdering her husband Bruce Greenwood, but then when she gets out of prison like seven years later because of good behavior. Uh, she. You don't get out of prison for seven years, though. That's crazy I know. Thing. I I agree. I agree. She learns that he faked his death and isn't actually dead. But then she's like, "Oh, that means I can kill him because I can't be convicted for killing him again," which isn't true because the first conviction would go away because the person didn't actually die. Like, that's just not how that works. Anyway, um, right. So we cut to Polly's place, and Stott and Disher are there, and they mention that the blood type for Polly matches that of what was under the. Uh, what Valerie's fingernails, and so it's probably him. Um, and apparently, Polly and uh, Max Burton knew each other. Yeah, they knew each other. They uh, apparently were high school buddies. Um, and not only that, uh, but also uh, he worked at a pharmaceutical company, and mm-hmm. he had access to the poison in question, the stratazine or whatever it is, stratazine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you know, so Monk was right the first time, but there's nothing that they can do. You know, he's gonna walk. And uh, Monk's trying to live with that, but then he has a flashback to Max shirtless. And it's not just because he's trying to admire his sick bod, it's because he remembers something. And Monk says, we got him. Yeah, we got him. Um, And he also has a realization. Um, Maybe they can't, I'm sorry, did you say that? That they can't bust him for... Yeah, they can't bust him for the first crime, but they can bust him for Polly's murder. Right. Um, and so they start to figure out, okay, where is he? Like, where can we find him? And 
fortunately for them, he uh, they're doubling up and basically they're getting their money's worth. They go back to the church because there's going to be a fucking wedding. Yeah. And the priest is really struggling with all this, understandably speaking. He's like having trouble getting through the vows. Um, and Monk knocks on the door. I love the priest says, help me, Lord. It's the same guy. And right. then Monk is like, you can't marry this man. He's killed three people. This time I'm positive. Don't make my mi- – I made a mistake. and compounded it. Don't do that. You know, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that goes on for a while. And basically um, Sherry looks uneasy the whole time. And they go over what eventually is going to be the thing that brings down uh, Max, which is that he hung Polly with his belt. Mm-hmm. Yes. And took, and Polly's because belt. like Polly couldn't have been wearing a belt like to hang himself, I guess. I mean, he couldn't have owned two belts, yeah. I guess. But um, well, no, no, he took the second belt because he lost a lot of weight and his pants had fall down. Well, right, yes, but he could have just left the belt there. I mean, whatever. yeah, but he could have been set. Well, yeah, I guess so. No, because he took the belt because he needed his pants not to sag. Is why he took the belt. But, I mean, if you fucking kill someone, like, your pants sagging shouldn't fucking matter, is my point. Yeah, like, but, leaving... but why would he... I guess my point is, if Monk wasn't a genius, he would have gotten away with it. I mean, it's not like it was a crazy mistake. Yeah, fine. Uh, yeah, okay. So, anyways, that's the whole thing. He took his fucking belt, and apparently the security company that Polly worked for puts their logos on their belt. So, mm-hmm. they need... They need Max to take off his belt to prove that he's innocent. And, of course, we know that he's wearing Polly's belt. So yeah. he had to have been the one that killed him. Yep. And, uh, you know, I love Monk says, uh, we all make mistakes, Max. Natalie says, just means you're human. Um, and, uh, yep, then we um, get, go back, then the last bit where, uh, I hate the scene, honestly, where... Yeah. Stamire tells Dijer that they can't get a search warrant because the judge didn't get the right paperwork or whatever because um, Dijer forgot to send it. And apparently the judge is going on vacation, so they can't get it for another two weeks. But there's not another judge who can give a search warrant. I don't know. Yeah, and basically the whole point of it is that Disher fucked up and all is right in the world because yeah. Disher is the one fucking up and Monk isn't. And yep. yeah, that's it. What do you give this episode at 10? Um, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. Wow, I gave it a six point five. Um, I was actually gonna go lower than that, but um, I mean, yeah, I could go. I could be talking to six point five, but I just went with a seven. No worries. I mean, hey, who these? Much like whose line is anyway, but uh, points don't matter. Anyway, um, please follow the show on social media at Strictly Munkin. We're gonna be able to follow you, Andre. You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the Jay Christie. Please rate, subscribe, share the show with the biggest bunk fan in your life. And more importantly, all that, tune in next Tuesday as we talk. Mr. Monk is up all night. Oh man, let's let's just get monkey, baby. Yeah.